Hello, everybody. This is Diana Paquet. I am sitting across from my husband, Thomas Paquet. And today we're going to talk to you about a documentary we watched the other night called Fair Play. It was based on a book that was written by Evan Rodsky, and it's about the inequities for women in in the workplace, but also the majority of it is the inequities for women in the home and that uh, the women tend to carry a large burden of the chores with children, um, dealing with extracurriculars, dealing with the groceries, the laundry, all of that kind of stuff. And so Thomas and I both decided we would come on here together and kind of tell you our impressions of it and then give you a little insight as to how that works in our home. So welcome and thank you for being here. Hello. Hello. <laughs> okay. So one of the first things that I noticed about the movie that I really, really enjoyed was that I felt like the way that they sort of laid it all out there wasn't in a way that was very offensive to either sex. Uh, It kind of explained why men are in the position that they're in in the home and why women are in the position that they're in in the home. And it really actually made a lot of sense. Um, I felt like when they, they gave a simple explanations, a simple explanation of gender, um, roles and how what we've grown up seeing and that how that has shaped how we are in the house and uh, like there's this one of the things that was really a big like eye-opener for me is that I was raised thinking that I was a better multitasker because I was a woman and they you know science proves that there's no like genetic thing inside a woman that makes her a better multitasker than a man but the truth is is that women for years and years and years have watched other women generations before them doing a lot And so women tend to take on that role and are practiced at that role and therefore can be better at that role. Right. Um, I feel like you are, in my mind, like a woman in that way, but I guess not. You're just a man who's very good at multitasking and keeping a lot of plates in the air. Why do you think that, what what do you think makes you different in that way? Um, I'm, I'm not sure. Honestly, um, oftentimes I don't feel that I am the best at multitasking um, other than really what I've found that works for me is um, closing loops. So I can get overwhelmed pretty quick and easily if I have a lot of open loops that don't have significant clarity on closure. Um, so sometimes it's just a matter of tasking through the priorities and making sure that something is being touched, um, whether you can wrap it up or not. Um, but I think most of why I've learned to be anywhere near effective at multitasking, um, I try not to, but I think what, what has helped me succeed is just understanding, um, my own limitations in in being organized, not trying to keep everything in my head, and um, again, just triaging what comes up as it comes up on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I'd give myself the clarity of being a good multitasker, um, but if you say so, <laughs> sounds like a plan. I feel like you. Um... You are different than, uh, no, I wouldn't say a majority of men, but a certain subset of men. Um, and I think that there's more and more men in the home that are kind of stepping into this role in that you don't pause if you see there's something that needs to be done. 
you know, whether it's the dishwasher or whether it's, um, Hey, I can take her to school by myself if you need to sleep in or getting Lincoln dressed or making her lunch or whatever the case may be. You always seem like you're willing to kind of jump in and do that. And I feel like my answer to that question would have been the reason that you're good at it is because you've been doing it for a long time. You did it when Erilyn was little. Um, you've done it the whole time we've been together the last seven years. You jump in and do. Yeah, I think there's there are there are days when I wish I didn't or wouldn't have to do something, um, but I think those are so far and few in between. Just because it's often easier just to get into motion and do the thing, mm-hmm. um, which has, in my experience and opinion multiple benefits one is that it definitely brings more peace Mm -hmm. to um, a household or a relationship and really it's an internal thing so like if i don't feel like getting out of bed 10 minutes early to get her lunch prepared that's not because it's our child's fault or your fault i can easily switch that and say well it's you know it's your fault you didn't make it the night before. Oh, it's such a bummer. Now I have to get up 10 minutes early. Or I could just get up and do it. Because really, what's the struggle? Um, and then I think what precedes that ability to kind of spring into action is being flexible. Um, but more than anything, having a mutual respect and clear communication. So being able to communicate ahead of time like, oh, hey, her lunch needs to be made and one of us is going to do it mm-hmm. and it doesn't necessarily require a lot of debate. It's not like we're talking about rebuilding a car engine. It's five minutes to whoop a lunch together. Mm-hmm. And I could say I'd rather be sitting on my rear end uh, watching the news or eating breakfast and complaining about it, or I could just get up and do it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that would probably be the simplest way to look at why it gets done is it's just, it's easier. Yeah. She talks a lot about long-term thinking and putting plans in place so that you're happier in a week, you're happier in a month. Your whole year is a lot happier if you have a long-term plan. And one of the things that she, um, she's a coach and in the fair play documentary they show her coaching couples and i loved there is a a guy who was like a car like maybe a car salesman and then his wife who also worked and she was you could tell she was at her wits end she was frazzled she was doing the bath time and every everything all the household tasks you know the groceries the lunch making the signing up for sports, everything fell on her. And he basically, his viewpoint was like, well, you know, when he was interviewed, he's like, you know, I come home from a really long day's work and I'm just exhausted. But her point was that so do I. And we have both agreed to have these children. And at the end of the day, they need a lot of care. And so by coming up with a family plan for them to sort of be in fair play and split split that. I thought it was really interesting to watch him kind of come around and have more empathy for her. 
And then I felt like she also had empathy for him. Like he just wasn't even aware of how much she was doing and how much she was taking on. And I noticed at some points like she was, and I've seen this so many times, I've seen it with generations before me. I've seen it in friends who, instead of being able to just honestly communicate, hey, this is what I need in a non-emotional time, they're in that sort of martyrdom segment where they're like, oh my God, it would be really nice if you would take care of bathing tonight. And then that's in like almost like a fighting, you know, it's like a tone where you're like almost picking a fight about it. Right. But what Eve did in her coaching was she kind of pulled it back to a time when they were non-emotional and they could communicate and the lady could say what she needs or like, here's all the tasks that I'm doing. Can you please take even like 40% would make her day a lot easier. Right. And I thought that was so easy. I thought it was like so endearing to see that couple specifically get coached um, all the way through. Um, and I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I love the way in the end he was able to kind of see his wife for all that she does. But then he was also like, hey, this is my family too. And kind of coming into his own power in the house. <clears throat> I feel like in our house, naturally, for whatever reason, when we came together and we brought together, I had three, you had one. Um, we we weren't living together yet, but even before we were living together, you would naturally see, okay, these bar stools are all needing to be tightened. And I'm not going to go, I, I would more likely go to Target and buy more bar stools than I would to tighten up bar stools. But that was like one of those things that like I first was like, I think I'm going to fall in love with this guy, even though we're friends, because you took my bar stools to your house one by one, got out the correct whatever sockets or things you need to do, tighten them up and brought them back. And for me, that was like magic because it's not something that I, I mean, I could Google it and figure out how to do it, but I was so overwhelmed with being single and having three kids and having two businesses and all the things that were going on in my life at that time. You just saw what I needed and did it. And I feel like that is such gold for a woman to have a man that doesn't even need to be told like, hey, the trash needs to go out. Hey, um, you know, like one of the examples in the movie, in the documentary was that there was like a broken glass in their front oh, yard. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just I can't even imagine you like if you knew about it, you'd be out there on it like you think ahead. And you have this buy in about our home, about our children, about our life where you feel very responsible for it and take responsibility for it. Yeah, I mean, I think much like everything, though, there is a triage. So if there's broken glass, knowing that a kid can step on that or someone could come across it and get injured, you know, someone walking their dog, that seems like a bit of a lazy gesture. And I think if I recall correctly, the guy had said, he was he called it out he said i was just waiting for someone else to take care of it and i definitely think that has been something that works in at least our favor for each other is the ability to say i don't have to wait for you to do something however there is also a fine line of me doing things for you in spite of your doing them yourself. Mm-hmm. So if it's helpful and we've communicated that it's helpful, um, that's a good thing. You know, like, oh, hey, uh, you know, 
can I make Lincoln's lunch? Uh, you know, again, not a huge, big request. It's not, you know, taking me out of my entire day of being focused on something else. It's just a quick little helpful victory. Um, but there can be things that, you know, I, I don't recall specifically, but in a past relationship, there was something that I did to help a complaint and it was met with animosity, which was, yeah, I just, of course I'm complaining about this thing, um, but I don't need you to fix it. And there's Yeah, that's a, confusing. <clears throat> that, I don't know if that's necessarily a, a blanket statement of the way that women communicate versus men hear that and try to remedy that. But for me, as an individual person, if I hear someone complain about something, my reaction is to help solve the problem. Right. And whether that's through my advice or through my action, um, I'm open to either. And I'm also open to hearing it and acknowledging it and being done like, okay, that's their problem. But they'll need to solve it. And I think where it becomes a little bit challenging um, in terms of gender roles is like most of the time guys want to be the hero or the fixer or the saver mm -hmm. um, by default. And I don't know if that's culture or just an individual thing, but like wanting to hear that you have a challenge or a problem and then implementing a solution to that to make your life easier or to fix that problem makes me feel good. But at the same time, if it's something that, you know, you just want to vent your feelings, we don't really have that issue between you and I. Um, where you're just like, no, I'm just trying to communicate this problem and I just want you to hear me. I don't want you to do anything about it, which I've had in the past. And I think that's the challenge. So how do you how do you fix that external issue as well as the internal issue? Like complain to it about complain about it to me once, and I'll acknowledge it and do nothing about it. But if you complain about it twice, we jointly need a solution. That means you either stop communicating the problem to me, and you're going to handle it, or allow me to assist in some way so that we can both be moving beyond that. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't really apply to us. I don't feel in terms of a lot of things that we do. Um, but back to the original thing. Yeah. Just kind of getting things handled. I mean, right now there's a broken sprinkler on the side yard and it's been there for since Tuesday. Apparently the gardeners came by and busted a sprinkler. And so the next day the sprinkler went off and you had asked, did it rain? And I thought, no, it didn't rain. Why is our yard so wet? And so I went out and ran the sprinklers and, you know, if the sprinkler ran on a timer for 20 minutes, uh, it flooded our yard for 20 minutes. So yeah. I put it on my list, but I know that the, schedule is not going to run until next week so it's not like i'm out there urgently fixing a sprinkler because mm -hmm. it's in the middle of summer one it's winter two it's moist out 
and three, it got a good soak, so nothing's going to be running again, I can triage that. But I haven't forgotten about it, and I know it'll be something that I need to address no later than this weekend. So Mm -hmm. it just keeps kind of coming up on my task list, uh, my reminders list of something that needs to be handled. So yeah, that's, you know, but you're not out there complaining about it either. I didn't even know about it. And you didn't even know about it. Yeah. So there's... And there's things that naturally in, I think, every household that fall, like, you know, I know for me, I cannot stand to have a bunch of crap on the countertops. I like the, I like all the clutter cleaned off and then I like to wipe down the countertops and kind of reset the day. And in our, in our house, it's interesting because you can do that at night, but then you're going to have like last night, I think we have six or seven teenagers sleeping downstairs right now, just with all the kids we have. Plus they don't have school tomorrow. So they've got a bunch of friends staying over and they clearly were enjoying themselves last night. They got, you know, the cookies were all gone out of the cookie thing. So you know, that's something I'm naturally, I think I'm probably more naturally inclined to go down, load the dishes and reset the kitchen just because I like to have it looking nice and I don't want bugs in our house. Um, but I think one of the things that was interesting is that, you know, you saw there was a couple of scenes in that Fair Play documentary where it was like the husband and wife had started out one way where they were more close to equal And then when kids came along, there were some instances where they kind of showed like the guy was like, well, basically, you know, she wants it done her way and only she can do it right. And so therefore, I've just like slowly pulled back and recessed. And I think that that is an equal parts problem. And I think, you know, you have to let whether it's the husband or it's even like we've seen it lately with our teenage children, they're not going to do everything right the first time it's not going to be perfect there might take some correcting or you as a like as a woman I might have to lower my standards a little bit and just be like yeah you know the vacuuming is not perfect but it is getting done on a regular basis and um, I am grateful for that and they're learning a skill and I think I thought that that was kind of an interesting thing that they put up Um, did you did you know did you like have any points during that where you were like seeing any of that mirrored in our house um, <clears throat> you know, I think, I think setting standards for the kids is a goal, um, whether they achieve it or not is the hope, um, that they have at least some semblance of pride in, in workmanship. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's funny is that we'll have the same kind of rehash about, you know, it, it, it's there is a default to kids they want to take the shortcut or the lazy way out and so they're going to try to do what they think they can get away with right um and just that beating our heads into the wall repetitive nature of telling them what they should be doing mm-hmm. and how they should be doing it um just takes patience and so yeah i mean is is it better to have some you know 80% done right versus 100% done the way that you want it done um if it saves you your sanity i think it's 100% worth it um you know even 60% done right like you know 
one of the kids was preparing dishes for the dishwasher and we've all kind of come to the grips like don't pre-wash the dishes because it wastes a ton of water and we proved that the dishwasher handles it you know it's a new dishwasher and the amount of water wasted pre-rinsing dishes is a waste and you called it out you're like hey what is going on the water's been running for like 15 minutes it was actually not that long (laughs) It was like three and a half minutes. Oh, it seemed like 15 minutes to me. Sorry. So the fact that that was happening and then you had to remind them, Mm -hmm. hey, you know, we don't need to do that. Just get it loaded up and get it in there. Um, It's not perfect. It's not perfect. And then to have, you know, another kid do the countertops and, you know, if it were... If it were you or I doing it, I don't know if it's an unrealistic standard, but, you know, it looks nice. There's not crumbs. And streaks. And streaks. And Patches it looks that were missed. like someone actually cleaned it. And yeah. And it, it has not been And it's sanitary. And it's yeah. clean. Yeah. So that is the goal. But if they at least achieve somewhere in the, you know, B range, so yeah. 80% or better... Um, I think it's a win and it also teaches them good habits that when they start to see, oh, I am responsible for this. I live on my own and this is my floor and this is my countertop and they're going to conduct themselves either in line with what they've learned or completely neglect it. I mean, but it's going to be their ownership of it. So, yeah, I feel like at least for us, you know, not only do we get the help, which we need. I feel like coming together as a blended family when the kids were, you know, seven, eight, nine, and 13 years old, and then bringing a new baby into the mix. This is, we're talking six years ago, but I feel like it was one of the things that kind of helped us sort of come together as a family unit was that this is our home and we all buy into the fact that we want to live in a, you know, I mean, it's messy sometimes, but it's not dirty. It's not like, we don't have dog hair everywhere all the time. We, we're pretty tidy, you know, and everything kind of has a place. And getting the kids to buy into, you know, putting in 15 minutes of effort a day, kind of, this is our house. Like, welcome to our house, you know. And I, I even remember having one of the kids come home from a sleepover and they were like, oh, wow, yeah, her house is just like crazy. You know, it's in it, that that made me happy that she could see the difference between this is our home and this is how it feels and this is how I feel bringing friends into my home and this is my responsibility for my home versus like, yeah, it wasn't really comfortable being at a friend's house where everything was kind of nuts and you couldn't find anything and, you know, there was a lot of, um, what's even the word, like confusion and kind of... clutter and disorganization. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that was like when you... When you think about it that way, I I saw a lot of parallels between our home and our life and what we've tried to build together and what this woman was trying to get across to people. And she's coaching these people through not only does mom have to pitch in and do what she does, whatever that role is, but also dad and him setting the example. Also, the kids, everyone needs to pitch in as well. And I loved how she talked a lot about long term thinking and putting plans in place so that you know, everybody's happier. And um, she also talked about 
by doing that, you kind of reclaim some of your time and how much that benefits the family too. Like reclaiming your time to be interesting. She called it unicorn time. Um, but like if you had a free hour in the day, what would you do with your day? And a lot of times I think women get themselves backed in the corner between work, going to the grocery, coming home, processing the food into the house, cooking, cleaning, getting the bathing done. And of course, like when it comes to doing all that and not having some kind of a boundary on that and not getting any help, I could see how that would affect, you know, you, it affects your relationship. Resentment builds up. And I, I feel like, like watching that, I was like, wow, I, I knew I had it good. I know I have it good in this house with you. I know I'm supported. I know that I know like I had COVID last year and I'm like, he's got it. It's fine. You know, like it's going to be fine. You can handle it. And, um, but I don't, I know that I, I have friends that don't have it that way, but I think it's something that you have to put some thought into. Like, how are we going to set up this household? So there is more equity for everybody. Is that the word? Like yeah. it's, it's a situation that's fair for everybody and everybody can thrive. Yeah. I think the thing that it definitely doesn't, um, allude to is that is in, a two-parent home, mm-hmm. um, and there are parents that don't have the option of an additional helping hand. Yeah, for sure. That are raising kids. Um, and hats off to those people because that's a lot, you know. And that support and structure is is sorely needed in some capacity, and um, should also be thought of in part of the journey before having kids, you know, like, well, what happens if this relationship doesn't work out or something happens to my partner? Um, because yeah, if something happened to me, then a hundred percent of those duties go to you mm-hmm. um, and vice versa. So there's, I, I think it's just a matter of clear communication, simplifying your responsibilities and really time, you know, because yeah, that, that time is, you know, if you're going from six in the morning to 11 at night there's just there's no time for you to do anything by yourself um for yourself and i think you know having giving a parent bedtime hey this is my bedtime i go to bed at nine you do you know whatever you need me to do before nine that's that but after nine i'm you know i'm on my own Mm mm-hmm and and then also just you mean the spouse like you tell the spouse like like for instance I tell you hey I'm going to bed at nine whatever you yeah want I mean me. if if that's if that's your boundary and you need time to yourself you know I, what I've found is waking up early is my free time mm-hmm. so if I want to wake up and work out or if I want to wake up and meditate or read or have some time to myself or catch up on work I'll just wake up an hour before you do and have that time available of being uninterrupted and I don't think there's anything disrespectful about that Um, and if you need it you need it but I think where a lot of people might fall into that is that there's there's just not enough time but I mean look at your phone look at your tv use like there's plenty of time Mm -hmm. Um, I think even people that are super busy can be easily consumed and lose track of time spent on minutia. Yeah. 
I definitely uh, have know, caught and myself busy work. in that. And so, yeah, I just think keeping things simple and um, balanced physically, mentally, emotionally, or and that goes for your relationships. I think that's why things can work. Yeah. I feel like I... For some examples that I've seen, um, I have friends who have uh, like a, I have a female friend who has a couple of kids, a husband, they've been married for years. They have a lovely home and a dog and the whole thing. And she has a very big career, um, at least 10 hour days, but will get off work, go to the grocery, bring the groceries home, haul the groceries in by herself, cook the meals, food prep, stay up late, reset the coffee for the next morning, get up early literally like doesn't have enough time for herself or sleep and she actually doesn't even really seem that resentful about it um and i i wonder how she does it or for for how long her health wouldn't be affected by behaving in that way but i know for me i i i can't be always the one that's doing all the work by myself without becoming resentful. I guess that's just kind of like the person I am, but I I would never be able to do that. I want help for my kids. I want help for my husband. I want to be seen um, and appreciated. And I feel like there is, there are like certain relationships that work that way. And then you can inevitably see like that breakdown of like, well, you know, he's upstairs, I'm downstairs. There's resentment, frustration. He doesn't really understand why, but one of the things they talked about was that invisible work or that second shift where the woman comes home and does that invisible work. You know, um, Eve talked about how her husband thought that their children being on a sports team, him showing up at the intramural fields to watch the games was all it took. But in reality, you know, if you have kids in sports, you know, you have to like copy the birth certificate and figure out what sports team, do the research, you know, what's going to be best for the kid, get the, I was going to say costume, but get the uniform, um, do the snacks, you know, pitch in for the team coach gift, all the things that it takes, you know, plus getting the kid there and back several times a week and figuring out rides and all that kind of stuff. So I think there's, there is this invisible thing in relationships and it does, there is something to be said about the woman has to speak up and say, look, you know, can you take on this task from start to finish and let the guy see, you know, this is, this is what it's like, whether it's preparing meals for the whole week or lining up the doctor's appointments and going with the kid and all that. And I, I just recognize like I have, I have been so conditioned over the last seven years because you are the one that, oftentimes will be at the urgent care when someone has a UTI. Yeah, I I agree with that. But I also think the, the thing that I, I don't recall specifically where that focus was on the people that were in that show, but more progressive states, I guess, or cities or... Like, I think a lot of the people around here um the husbands and wives do have more equality and balance Mm -hmm. 
where maybe, and, and I'm not trying to throw a blanket over the Midwest, but like more traditional or conservative, you know, gender roles, you know, the woman stays home and the man works kind of like that stark nature. Um, I think those things do still happen and occur, but I don't feel like in our peer group that it is as black and white as that is made out to be. Mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of people that do take the more active role in researching where their kids participate. I do feel like there's more dads showing up to, uh, you know, like a, there was two dads that showed up to volunteer at our kid's school yesterday mm -hmm. where, you know, again, I don't know in the case of every other classroom, I just noticed that it's mostly moms. Mm -hmm. um, but that that's always kind of a, a thing that maybe it's not the majority, but it's definitely not um, as unheard of nowadays, I think. Mm -hmm. At least I feel that. Yeah. There was somebody, I, I don't remember, it was a male on the show who piped up and said that this movement of fair play is for men stepping into their power in the home, understanding how the home works, taking responsibility for things in the home, being the person, the point person that the kids go to for certain things in the home is almost for men what feminism was for women in that like we do deserve equality, we deserve equality at work. We do deserve equality, you know, across the board, w women do. But men also should have the chance to shine at home and have the chance to take ownership of certain things at home and be viewed that way by their children and their wives, for sure. And I I feel like you you do such a great job of it, and I almost kind of take it for granted. You know, you there's, there's nothing that makes you cringe like, Oh, you know, so and so's got a UTI again. I've got to go to the urgent care, and I, it makes more sense for me to stay home and get Lincoln to bed on time and do the things with her that she needs to do. And it, you sometimes somehow seem to do it with ease. I don't know if that's because you had to do that before. You you know, you did so much for Erilyn before, um, or if you just were always like that. But I definitely appreciate it. Yeah, I think. Um... Well, I'm glad you appreciate it. Yes, I do. I really do. Um, I think it's just a matter of capability. So it's not like it's not like any of it is rocket science. You know, I mean, parenting and and taking care of a home. You know, there's not a lot of life or death that's going to occur on a daily basis. It's just maintenance. Mm -hmm. And the point of it all is just to kind of continue to move through and provide a safe place for these kids to grow up and feel supported and loved and and move them on to their next phase as we're progressing and moving on to ours so mm -hmm. yeah i think i think trying to define it is kind of like any of the other big cultural historical issues that are going on right now it's like in some ways it just needs to be what is and move forward um that yeah i i think in terms of equality and and equal access that's the goal um you know if if you're out working doing the same thing that i'm out working doing 
um, there should be some semblance of of nearness in terms of earning. But if you specialize in something as a woman, I think you should be paid more than me who doesn't specialize in something and vice versa. Um, you know, there are outliers to everything, but I think it's it's wholly unfair when um, there's an expectation of accepting less than um, based on either your role or your gender, mm-hmm. depending. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it was it was informative. It was interesting. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting, too. Okay, guys, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. It's called Fair Play. It's on Netflix. It just came out. I think it's a fun um, it's a fun thing to watch. It will get a great conversation going between the two of you uh, if you are a married couple. She had some same-sex couples on there as well. And there's lots of lovely, like, statistical stuff. And just, it's very thought-provoking. I thought it was very thought-provoking. And it was a great check-in. Um, and it was a great for, reminder for me about the things that are working well. And um, I think the biggest thing for me was that I am grateful to have a per, you know a partner in my life that is willing to do so much. But I also felt like I'm great, very, very grateful that my kids are seeing like this is this is going to be a much easier life if this is what they adopt. If Cooper is this kind of husband in the home, he's going to have a much happier wife and partner because her life will be easier and she won't be stressed. Um, I mean, even the like they talked so much about how a lot of women are depressed or overwhelmed or overburdened and they just aren't, you know, as happy as they could be in the home. So it's a very, very great watch. Anyway, have a great day and I'll be in your ears soon. Thanks for listening.